0: Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Andy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Podcast Gang. We are going after the big question today, the one that so, so many of you are wrestling with. Where do I find good people to hire? We're going to get into it, so let's do this thing.
1: And now, the Uncharted Podcast.
0: And we are back, it's me. And Stephanie, help! I need somebody help, not just anybody. Help, <laughs> gosh!
1: That is a very good one. I love it.
0: No, uh, I tried. I tried. <laughs> How's it going? How you doing today? Oh, so good. I had yesterday mm-hmm. the first open appointment slot that I have had in a year. Really? Like, yeah. Like it was a a, a blocked. You know, slot uh-huh. that did not get just filled. Um, and it like, I mean, you know, stuff, I've had stuff where you know, people, people no, no show, show or you know, yeah. cancel at the mat last minute, something like that. This is the first time that there was a block that just never had an appointment put into it, even through the day. And then, all the way up to the moment, I was like, All right, wondering, I was just <laughs> like, This is this is a grab bag, like, this is right. going to be, a, you know, i wait to see what monstrosity comes out of this appointment slot, right? Um, nothing it didn't come. and I'm like does what does that mean is that the beginning of a return to normalcy probably not It probably means absolutely nothing <laughs> but but it was still I was just like wow
1: you know what you this know what, is that, what it's like you know what that means that what? means that you actually your team has five minutes to catch up on phone calls and to actually yeah. pee when they might have to pee
0: yeah the, oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: like it's so, no, fun. it's not, so, it's so funny it's so funny to me because that 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 can be a panic button for so many of us like oh my god you know this is the sky gonna start falling now because you know we had one one appointment not filled and it's it's so funny to me because I've always looked at that as like you know let's take the half hour let's catch up let's catch our breath if we don't have things to catch up on if we're caught up like let's pick something to train on let's you know take take advantage of the time um but it is interesting when it happens and you're you're so caught off guard because it's so yeah. out of the ordinary right like cool. we're all so used to going
0: full full speed with with the rarity that it is right now no ain't nobody ain't nobody training <laughs> in the 120 minute block we just stood there like <laughs> oh, this is great we just, so, we just soaked it up like yeah
1: that's when it's like, Hey, we've got 20 minutes. I'm going to go do a Starbucks run. Who wants something?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. All right. Oh man. Let's, um, let's, let's tackle this. We got, um, we got some mailbag stuff. Yeah. Uh, essentially we got, we got one question spammed at us from like 87 <laughs> different people. And so let's, we just copied like two of them Yeah. and we're like, they're the same thing. So, let's, ba- let's talk about this. so
1: basically we've been getting a bunch of messages, uh, varying varying takes on the same theme which is everyone is short-staffed and everyone is struggling to find in particular doctors and technicians and so we're getting asked like how do i find uh credentialed staff technicians and doctors um get Mm -hmm. it gets asked a ton but really the overall messaging from everybody is i can't find people what what where where do i find good people i have every i mean this this is me my current practice we have every single role in the practice has an opening right now and everybody is tired and burning out and so how do we solve the short staffing crisis in veterinary medicine
0: this this is this is everywhere so let's start off with uh, a little bit of validation because i think that does help people absolutely uh, you are not alone feeling this this is not you or your practice it's not that you are not wonderful it is not that you do not deserve help it it is none of that Mm -hmm. we are in the midst of the greatest surge in workload in the history of veterinary medicine yep and at the same time we have a national slash international shortage of both veterinarians and licensed vet techs. Yes. So those are the. This is the perfect storm of huge surgeon workload hitting at a time when we are understaffed and yep. we do not have enough veterinarians working our current model of medicine to uh, to do it. And so just start by going. Yep this is not your ship that's taking on water this is a, a tsunami that is raining on all the boats so everybody is feeling this it is not yours so at least feel some comfort in that regard
1: yes 100 percent. every time somebody posts in one of the groups i'm in and ask the question of how do you deal with being shorthanded how, where do you find the people i'm like i'm i'm right there with you <laughs> yeah well
0: yeah, everybody. Look, here's here's the unfortunate thing too. We have all seen these questions asked a million times. I've heard them in mm-hmm. lectures mm-hmm. uh, and you know online workshops on every Facebook group and all everything. Look, there's not an easy answer. Mm-hmm. That's why everyone asks and everyone <laughs> jumps in and goes, I'm wondering this too. If there was an easy answer, this would not have been the number one question in yep. veterinary medicine for the last year. Yeah. Just, just, you know, again, it's like, there's not, there's not a website that you haven't heard of. Right. That, that has, <laughs> that has waiting vet Happigance. techs.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like, oh, you didn't know about vettechjobs.com. tech jobs.com? That's. <laughs> everybody's there.
1: It's so funny because that's, that is one of the questions that gets asked so regularly. It's like, I've been searching for two years to find a vet. Like, am I just not looking in the right place? And, and repeatedly everybody's like, there's no, there's no magical place. You know, right. there's there's, not a place. there's no magical place where they're all just living, waiting for you to come find them. It's not, it's not the platform. It's a, it's right. a systemic lack of candidates.
0: Yeah, totally. Now that, that said, I don't know how deep We'll go into this rabbit hole today. Uh, there are there are common sense things we do to to hire people, mm-hmm. right? Like we uh we we promote our position in multiple places, and there are best practices, and there are places that you can put your stuff. There is not a magic one. There is not one that if you don't post in it, then you're not going to get a person. Right? Like that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like you need to come up with a good. Job applicant, right? Uh, or job description? Like you need to come up with an ad that makes people work for you. And honestly, that is a thing that a lot of people do not do. And we could do a whole episode on yes. writing job ads that yes. actually work. The <laughs> the big thing I'll give you the the short Andy Rourke version of it is: um, imagine that you are the job applicant. And you don't know you and you don't care about you and you don't care about your practice. You're just trying to find a good place to work that will make you happy and make you feel like you do work that matters in this world. Uh And if you can write a job description to that and tell this person why they should work for you and not the two other closest vet clinics to you, then you've probably got a pretty good job ad, you know? But it's amazing how often that is not done. That that simple thing is not done. It's like Mm -hmm. searching for a veterinary technician, uh, standard benefits, uh, quality care offered, Mm -hmm. you know, um, (laughs) and 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 that's it.
1: It's like when it's like when you look at the website and the pictures of the building like all the buildings look the same. I mean, they all look different, but ultimately they're all a building, right? And that's I agree with you and that's the thing I look at so many ads and I'm like you're all you're not telling me anything that shouldn't be standard in this day and age in business or veterinary hospitals. So I I agree with you that we're, the rabbit hole we're going to go down to down today has nothing to do with how to do a job ad, but that is absolutely something if you're struggling that I would suggest looking at and asking your your friends in the field uh for for help for sure because it's something a lot of people struggle with.
0: I'm getting ready to do a personal branding workshop for uncharted. It's on March 28th. It is a uh, free to Uncharted members, open to the public. I just did it at NC State for the vet students on personal branding as a doctor. And it, it went great. I'm really, really excited to do it. Personal branding is, is where my head is right now. Personal, It's just marketing, right? Like, Good personal branding is just marketing. It's 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 growing your reputation. It's knowing what you want and where you're trying to go and what makes you different from other people who do what you do. And, and I think the workshop's going to be really really good. But it also just re- reminded me it's been a while since I've just done basic marketing for veterinary practices, and I think we may need to go back to that because all the things we talk about when we talk about marketing practices and we talk about marketing a client. That those are principles that hold true to, in, in marketing to job candidates, right? Like why should your client come to this practice as opposed to the other practices in the area? Well, uh, probably the same reason that someone should come and work at this practice as opposed to other, you know, clinics in the area. And we, I, I think, I don't know that vet clinics do a very good job of thinking in that headspace. And I, I think that it may be something we need to circle back around and start doing some more workshops on in Uncharted. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I I, agree. So if we're not going to go down that rabbit hole, what are we, uh, what are we going to
0: talk about today? We're going to talk about the alternatives to being able to hire people. Let's just say that we don't have a magic bullet and, you know, that that is going to get you what you need right now. Yeah. And let's talk to the biggest number of people. And those are the people who are doing most things right and still not getting uh, a job candidate. Because life must go on. And the biggest danger that I see for most practices is not I can't hire someone. It is the it is um I can't hire someone and I refuse to consider changing the way I'm running my business. And that is the biggest danger. You know? Yeah. It's like uh I refuse to admit that I don't have enough people to do what I want to do and I and and as such I'm just going to charge full speed ahead hoping that I can hire someone even though experience tells me that is a uh, long odds.
1: Well, and I think the reality is I I mean I'm I'm involved in in a lot of groups in our space and unfortunately I think that's where so many practices are they mm-hmm. have their head in the sand on this and have for quite some time and I think for a lot of people in the beginning of the pandemic it really forced us to think about how do we have to, ch- like, we have to change. We have to evolve. And we got good at thinking about how do we preserve our teams? We broke into teams. We worked shorthanded. Mm-hmm. We we did things that we never would have considered doing before the pandemic to try and preserve the health and well-being of our teams. And yet now, almost a year into this, there are a vast majority, and I would say that it's actually the majority of a lot of the hospitals in veterinary medicine, who have their head buried in the sand and are trying to truggle, ch- you know chug along shorthanded and not changing their business model to be something that is sustainable whether it's for the doctors the owners the team all of the above and honestly the clients are impacted by it as well and so i think this is this is going to be probably a hard truth episode for some people to hear mm-hmm. because we don't want to admit that our heads are in the sand Right. You know, we don't want to admit that we put we're knowingly putting the blinders on. We're knowingly making choices that are burning
0: out our teams. Yeah. Well, let let me let me let me let me let me me take the other side here just for a moment, because these are my people. And you know me and you have worked with me for years now. Yeah. And you know that I am someone who panics and works harder. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that is my go-to button of things are not working. I must work harder. Sure. You know, and, and that is that is a thing and that is how I'm wired and I'm not alone in that. And so I, I, think, I think for me, I, I don't tend to think of it as putting the blinders on. I, I think of it is that like I have one tool that I'm very comfortable with and that is hard work. And when I get in trouble, I work hard. And this is a scenario where at some point, Andy, you can't work your way out of this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there is, I I just, I cannot see all the pets. Mm -hmm. I can't. Mm -hmm. And it is, it's not woeful, you know, like ignorance of that. It's just... I, I, it requires a shift in mind uh, to 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 just to to, to zoom out. It's a, it's about this. You know, it is the microscopic focus of, I will see the next appointment. And I will see the next appointment. And I will see the next appointment after that. Versus at some point, you have to lift your head up and look and go, look at this line. I can't. I can't do this. Like, I can't work fast. Like, there's more of them getting in line. Right. Than I'm pushing out the back of the line. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah. And it's not going to change. And that is a painful reality, and um, a lot of times it, it requires a strategic look as opposed to a get stuff done look that that is so common in vet medicine. And, yes, and like so, yeah. I, I don't I don't want to be mean to people, and I don't think you were, or, 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 but I, but I I I get it. Like I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why I do feel this is kind of like a pay this is probably gonna be a painful episode for people. It's yes, like, I get it. I see, I see it. and I know that you think that if you work harder and if your people work harder, and if they'll just bite down on the bit and go farther, this will all you know, you'll come out the other side because that's what's always happened. and it's like, I don't know that that's true. And I think that the earlier we figure that out, the earlier we can make adjustments that will stop our team from burning out and ultimately the better off we'll come out there's uh there are going to be people who are not going to recognize this yes until their team has quit mm-hmm. and now they're down 3 people instead of one person you know what i mean and, and and morale is really low and people are really tired yeah and it's almost like um it's like there's a marathon and a starting gun and you think it's a half marathon, but it's not. It's a whole marathon. Well, the quicker you realize it's a whole marathon and back your pace down, the better off you're going to be. Right. Because if you go out like a maniac for the first three miles and you use up all your energy, uh, it's going to be a horrible trudge to the end. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that's 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 kind of where I think a lot of us are is I think we're around the half half marathon point. Um Are you going to keep running your your half marathon pace or, or are we going to back down and run a marathon pace that's going to keep everybody together?
1: Well, and I think the very painful place that a lot of us are coming to is the reality that every single one of us, every single clinic has a capacity. Yeah. And and where we hit that capacity is different for every single clinic, but every single one of us has a capacity. And if beyond going beyond that capacity once or twice here and there during the summer, a couple weeks at a time, that's different. We have been running this marathon at full speed for a y- almost a year now for a lot of us, and we've moved well beyond the capacity. And so there yeah. are consequences to that. We know that the stress goes up. We know that everybody's happiness and satisfaction with their job goes down. I have employees who love their job who really are struggling right now because they're like, it's not, it's not fun. It's overwhelming every single day. And that's that sustained overcapacity is significantly impactful. We know that the patient care yeah. goes down. How many of us have caught ourselves going, we cut corners today. We yeah. that pet didn't get to go out for a, a walk or it didn't get all of the post-op temperatures because we just didn't have enough people or eyes on them. You know, we know that we we miss putting charges in the computer, the revenue goes down. There there is an impact uh least of all which is the staff, you know, retention rate and morale that comes with working beyond our capacity on a sustained basis and that's where A lot of us are
0: there. I I love that. There is a capacity, right? The, um, we, you as a doctor, as a technician can see a certain number of pets in a day Mm -hmm. and be kind and be patient and be focused and do a good job and work that that patient up, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And practice the level of medicine that you want. When you reach that capacity, you can push on it, as you said, but like, but you're going to cut corners. You are not going to work them up or you're not going to be as patient because you're trying to move fast or you're more stressed. And so you're not communicating in as kind a manner with your staff as you should be. And like that, that's just true. And you know what? That's fine. Sometimes like sometimes we just get it done. Sometimes we work and we work superhuman and our cortisol level goes up and we don't have the most fun, but we get it done. And that's fine. but to your point, it's not sustainable, right? Like if every day you're cutting corners and every day you're not working patients up the way that you you want to, uh, it 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 takes. And every day you're not nice because you're stressed and you're overwhelmed. It, it it takes a toll, and we see it in the financials of the practice too, right? As practice volume goes up, the average client transaction goes down, which means we're not providing the services for the patients that we normally would provide because we have too many of them. Mm-hmm. And so capacity capacity is 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 limited and as you push past capacity again and again and again one of the things that drops is staff retention rate like people don't want to work beyond their capacity every day like it it does take a toll to stress them out so you can't you can't see all the pets but my my goal in all of this is to really try to hammer home the message for people that the goal in practice cannot be to see all the pets or to make all the people happy Like that is a goal that you, that's when you look down the line and go, this is never going to happen. Like it's just, it just, there's just too many. There's just too much. And it's hard to hire people. So I can't just scale up to meet the demand. Right. And if I work my people until they're miserable and they quit, now I'm working more shorthanded than before. And the pile is even more overwhelming. So you can't see all the pets and you can't make all the people happy. The goal should be to do good work that is rewarding and that you are proud of while setting and meeting realistic expectations of clients. I think that that is the goal of vet practice. Say, I am proud of the way I worked up that case. I did good work and I did a good job. And, uh, and my staff did do good work and a good job. And the expectations of the client were set reasonably and then met. Yeah. And like, if that's what you do, you should work your ass off and yeah. you should go home and you should feel good about the work that you did today and you should rest so that you can do it again tomorrow. And that's, that's success.
1: And I, I think that that's, that's a hard, I agree with you hundred percent. And I think it is very, very hard to take a majority of people who are overachieving perfectionists and get them to feel comfortable with, that being the goal because they yeah. feel bad someone is left behind and there's this mentality um unconsciously I think for so many I would say the vast majority of veterinarians and veterinary students that I've ever met of uh you know whether they know it or not this no you know the the military has the no no man left behind it's that same thing it's like no well if a pet needs our help we need to help them no no pet left behind the reality is we can't help everybody we 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 can't and that is that is something that I think we have to really honestly and openly grapple with on a personal level but also on a team level for our practices like at the end of the day for us to go home and feel like we did good work and we still have something left in the tank to give the next day that's that's we need to figure out what that is and that's where I said in the beginning it's individual and it's different for every practice and but you gotta find
0: that spot right you know it goes back in a lot of ways, to what we talked about last week when we talked about clicks in the practice. Mm -hmm. And we talked about short-term rewards versus longer-term rewards. And so we were talking specifically about um, when doctors have their technician, the one person that they work with. Mm -hmm. And we said, you know, in the short term, this makes a ton of sense because today is going to be really good because I'm working with this person who is the most skilled technician that we have and they know what I want and my day is going to go great. In the long term, it's bad because the rest of the staff isn't learning and they're not getting to know me. And if my great technician that I'm g- grabbed onto leaves, goes to another practice, moves away, retires, whatever. Right. Then I'm looking around and, you know, and, and no one else has been trained and brought up. And the other thing is people with those potential have left and gone to other places where they were going to get opportunities. And so the immediate short term thing uh, makes sense of I had a better day and I got a lot of great stuff done. But the longer term thing is I undermined the the practice. I bring that up because that is really what we're talking about here. The immediate right in front of your face view is I saw all the pets today. Mm-hmm. There were no pets that were left behind. There was no one that was turned away. The long term view is I saw all the pets and no one were left behind and no one were turned away. And then my staff burned out and they quit. And now I have one doctor instead of three doctors because they went to other places where the workload was more manageable and they weren't burning out. You know what I mean? And I see a fraction of the pets that I would have seen had I backed off. Yes. And run a more sustainable level of, of business. Yes. You know? Yeah. And so it's that it's that looking at today versus trying to zoom out and look at the picture. And I talk about this a lot. I don't want you to have a good year. I want you to have a good career. Right. And your career is going to be a lot longer than if, um, you know, if, um, then if you push yourself as hard as you can go.
1: Yeah. This feels like a good spot to, uh, to take a break for a minute and then, then come back and talk about how do we, how do we solve this problem? Yeah. Let's do. Oh man. All right. I am so excited. We have so much good stuff coming up in Chartered. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we've got coming up?
0: Heck yeah. Uh, first things up is my personal branding talk. I'm talking about marketing for uh, veterinarians or people who want to grow their relationships with uh, with pet owners, honestly. So that's uh, that's a big thing. If you have any interest in, uh, in social media and blogging, podcasting, writing, uh, things like that, then this would be a great workshop for you. It is uh, free to our members. It is 99 bucks for the public, which is a super steal. It's two hours. It's on March 28th. And then, Stephanie Goss, we have the big daddy, the April Uncharted Conference. This is the granddaddy of them all. It's our marketing strategy <laughs> conference. This is the one that started them all. It is virtual this year. Mm-hmm. It is going to be all about simplifying and streamlining your communications to do more with what you already have. That is going to be April 22nd through the 25th. Yep. Uh, is Registration is now open. We will put links for all of this down in the show notes. So excited. Now let's get back to the episode. All right, let's start talking about some action steps, right? Yes. So So here we are, we're in this. We're going to keep trying to hire and uh, we'll keep working on that. And we have accepted, hopefully, that our strategy cannot be hope and pray that we get six new hires (laughs) in the next month after getting zero for the last 12 months.
1: Right. Well, and because not only not only is that. They don't just fall out of the sky. But also, what would you even do with them if you had six of them at once? Like, what? are you prepared to drain six people at once? Not many clinics are. So yeah. <laughs> be careful what you wish for, right? Like that's.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Let's <laughs> let's talk about setting ourselves up for success. Okay. Right. I, I guess what, what we're really sort of talking about is, is setting ourselves up, running the business shorthanded. Yep. You know, in a sustainable way. Yep. All right. So let's put that on the table. Okay. Where do we start?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I don't, I I guess, I guess for for me, there are some things that are, are short-term that can help us. But for me, a lot of this is long-term, bigger picture planning. Like it's not stuff mm-hmm. that is going to easily be changeable overnight. The one thing I would say that is immediately within every single listener's hands, if you're a practice owner, a practice manager, it is within your capacity to change right now is the fact that we are, we are trying to see too many pets and you have to stop it and how you stop it could look different in every practice, whether that's cutting back your hours, cutting back appointments, not seeing as many drop-offs, putting caps on things. Those are all things that you can immediately implement in your practice that can have a huge impact the right solution for every practice is going to feel different, and it may be one of those things. It may be a combination. It may be all of those things. Um, but changing the way in which we are scheduling is the, I think, the most immediate and easy thing that we could try and tackle.
0: I I, compl- I completely agree. It's um, it's the first place to to get some breathing room. We've got to we've got to figure out what is. What is our capacity? You know mm-hmm. what what can what can we handle? And uh, then we have to, to to cap it. And this is where people, this is where people push back uh, when I talk about this, and that, that's okay. Uh, what they say is, I can't cap it. I need to see all these pets to pay our bills. And what I say is, if your business model requires you to see more patients, then you can physically see your practice is destined for failure. Yes. It is. Yeah. And there's only one thing that you can do and that's raise your prices. You know, if if <laughs> your financial survival requires you seeing more patients than can be seen, uh, you, you know that's not a complicated problem. You go, "Well, that can't I can't be done." And so we have to make more money on the patients that we see. And then work to capacity. And so yeah, if you're feeling that way, it it's time to it's time to change prices. We cannot support um, you know, uh, uh, if you've got two vets and they need to see the caseload of four vets in order for your practice to survive, that's not a viable business model. Right. And, and like and we have got to do the thing that we've got to do and that is adjust our prices.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and and set, that's, set our schedule to a sustainable level and then adjust prices to make that schedule work.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing, unrelating to the patient and client schedule that you have to take a hard look at is you have to take a hard look at what your team's schedule is. And if you have always traditionally scheduled your team on an eight hour model, and now a lot of days or the majority of the days they're working 10 hour shifts instead of eight, and you might be paying them the overtime, but- expecting them to change from an eight hour shift to a 10 hour shift without having a conversation and actually asking them, how do you feel about this? Are you willing to do this? Do you want to do this? Is so presumptuous and so unfair as a, as an employer. And that's where I think a lot of us have a really a really hard job, but also one that is very easy, which is to take a hard look at how we're scheduling our team. This has been something I have been grappling with in the practice over the last few months is that we've had more and more days where my team works at alternate work week and they work four tens, 10s, but there are a lot of days where they're there 11 or 12 hour days. And it's not fair to ask them to do that without getting their buy-in. And so I think the flip side of that is not only do we have to look at the patient schedule, and what are we taking in that is causing and impacting the staff schedule to also be changed? Um, because yeah. that's 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 a huge part of it. You know, our patients and our clients are a phenomenal resource. But the single greatest resource we have in our practice is our team. And if we don't take care of them, if we create scarcity, not and none of us are intentionally going, I'm going to be the monster boss who's going to make everybody work 12-hour shifts and give nobody pee breaks and be awful. I'm not in any way saying that because I know that that is not the intention in which the majority of veterinary medicine works, but it's an unintentional outcome. And if we don't take a hard look at our our own responsibility in that as managers, as practice owners, then we are only going to continue to fail our teams. Yeah, Again,
0: we say this all the time, if you're surprised by something again and again and again, at some point, it's not a surprise anymore. It's your business model, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. and it, I don't mean it to be critical because these things happen. And again, uh, let's go back to assuming good intent. You know, I think a lot of us, we we really imagine getting out on time and right. getting people out <laughs> on time. Like we really, and we plan on it and it just never quite happens. Um, It's easy to keep telling ourselves that we'll, we'll try harder next time. Right. At some point we just have to zoom out and say, it's just not happening. And we, we just need to talk about it because you're exactly right. It's, um, you know, how do you build resentment? It's uh, a failure to set expectations. You know, it's, um, if you're like, oh, she knows that she might be here 12 hours, if she believes that she's supposed to be there 10 hours and she's angry every time she's there 12 and you feel like she's probably fine because she must know it. it's coming by now. Right. Uh, you, you guys are doing different things and, and this is going to come to a head. Yeah. So, again, I, I'm not, I am all about throwing in and working hard and getting things done. But at some point you have got to raise your head and look around and say, what is true? This person is working 12-hour shifts on the regular, and I do not honestly see that changing. I want it to change. I don't know what's going to magically make this stop happening. Mm -hmm. And so let's address it and talk about it. And she might say, I love it. I love the overtime. It's not a big deal. You know, I'll take those hours. That's great. Or she might say, I hate it, and my husband and I fight every single night that I come home. Yeah, yeah. And it's awful. And I'm about like, I was literally going to quit tomorrow. You know, those things I've had those conversations. They're not fun, but I'm glad that we had them.
1: Well, and in terms of saving your practice and looking at this from a from a long term play, the most powerful weapon you have is information. And if you don't go asking the questions, you won't have the information. So I think that's that's a that's a long term thing. But it's also something we can do in the short term is to sit down with the team and and ask them individually. Like you can have the conversation at a team meeting, too. But individually, there has to be safety and space for them to say, yeah, this is affecting my marriage or this is affecting my home life or whatever their response is. Um, because you you care about them. And if you don't create that safety and space, you're not going to get the information. And that information is powerful because, yeah. it you know, if you know. That you have, you know, one of the brightest stars on your team who is burning out, you care enough about them to to do something about it. I I've met very few people in veterinary medicine who wouldn't change something to stop that from happening. And so, you know that that's where we have to we have to be open and honest and and a little bit vulnerable. And it takes a lot of courage to stand up and say to your team. Hey guys, I feel really crappy because I've I've sat down and I've looked at this and I realize that I have unintentionally been making this worse. That's a crappy place to to be, but it is there is so much freedom in the vulnerability of sharing with your team that you are not infallible, that you recognize that you have hurt them or harmed them unintentionally as it may have been, but that they are impacted by it because I can tell you having those conversations, the team is going to, they are going to rally and they are going to, they're going to, they're going to be open and they're going to be honest back. If you give them that, they're going to, they're going to cup it and they're going to give it back to you in spades. And so it is well worth the payoff to figure out how do you guys work together because you can't solve this problem by yourself. You can't, I don't care whether you're a practice owner or not, this has to be a whole team team effort and they have to have input and and yeah. they have to have buy-in yeah
0: i agree working uh to increase the versatility of your team is another mm-hmm. uh shortcut that that helps a lot right and uh yeah we're busy but talk, i and just it's just is something i enjoy just talking through what i'm doing with my techs with with my assistants you know with the csrs that are around or helping me do different things yes is is worth my time Yep. because ultimately I want to grow their knowledge to the point that they can do more things or that they're comfortable doing more things. Absolutely. And it's amazing how often we just, we decide what people's jobs are and that's what their jobs are and let's go. And there's benefit to that. I'm not talking about losing clarity in what people's responsibilities are at the same time, especially with my assistants. The more that I can get them into the headspace of vet medicine, the more I can understand what I'm doing, the more that I can give them tips on animal restraint. You know what I mean? On let them know what's coming next and where this case goes. Uh, Those things help me because what I'm trying to do is coach them towards anticipating what's going to be needed and just being more useful team members. And they they. They're not going to figure it out on their on their own. And, and it's not something I'm, I'm not scheduling time on the calendar to be like, let's do this training. We do that, and that's great, but just coaching as I go is yep. something that does pay benefits in the long term because I can take the people that I have, especially the people who don't have technical training, and I can make them valuable for me. And that ties into the other part of, of delegation. So ongoing training is really important. But delegation, here's the thing. A lot of us say, I need more people. I need more technicians. But if I if I say to them, why? Tell me why. and they're Because like, we have too much work. And I'm saying, well, what, exactly what work do you need them to do? Uh, sometimes people struggle with that. Sometimes, you know. And the reason I ask those questions and I push into that a little bit is... There may be things that we can delegate without hiring a new person, or there may be things that I can use a current assistant to do. And I know this has been something that I would say is administrative work. Um, man, if you've got a sharp kennel tech who can do uh whatever the administrative thing is you need done, you know, let's talk about that. You know, yeah, let, let's leverage it. Mm-hmm. There, you know, finding finding vet techs is real hard. If there are parts of the vet tech job that can be done by, um, a customer service person. Maybe they're not nearly as hard to find, you know, maybe there are things that I can outsource, uh, you know, and have somebody even work from home and do you know what I mean? Like, but, but I can't, I can't explore those options until I really have my hands around what I need to get done. Yes. That, that is what part that I push when, when we can't hire, I would say, okay, you're trying to hire for this whole job description. One alternative is slam that job description down on the t- ground so it shatters into, ba- into pieces and then see if you can distribute the pieces. See if you can, you know, get someone part-time to do some of the pieces. Uh, you know what I mean? And just see if I can spread that work around in alternative ways that have traditionally been one person coming in in a well-known role. Well, I may have, you know, three people who are all working virtually you know, but but I'm getting uh, a, a chunk of this work done.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think going back to, um, you know, the comment that you made about working with the team on the fly and um, and teaching them things that may not be part of their normal role. I think that that's so, so smart. And there's a million opportunities throughout every single day that that. Um, we sometimes miss to do those simple things and be like, here, let me show you what I'm doing. And not just the doctors training down, but training side to side and laterally yes. across the team. Like, hey, as a CSR, I know how to do this thing. I'm going to show you fellow CSR who's never been shown how to do this thing. I'm going to show you how to do it. It does not have to be top down. Um, but I think the other thing that we have to talk about is if, you know, we we jokingly said, well, uh, you know... <laughs> <laughs> if if six people drop out of the sky, what what do you even do with them? I think that's a big part of the problem that I I see. And with a lot of the messages that we've gotten, people are like, well, now I've hired, but I've hired all green people because there are not vet techs mm-hmm. just dropping out of the sky, right? Like they, we have to make them. So we are choosing to hire inexperienced, good people. We're hiring for fit. We're hiring for culture. We're hiring for personality because I can't teach all of those things, but I can teach vet meds. So now- I've got new people that have no idea what they're doing and we just turn them loose because we don't have a plan and we're hoping that we can just teach them how not to sink. And that is also a great disservice that we're doing to not only them as individuals, but to the the team as a whole. We have to set aside the time and energy and a plan to train all of those new people or for every four you hire, you're going to lose two or three of them within the first year like if you just throw them all in the deep end somebody is going to drown there has to be a plan to for how you're going to work with them and I hate to say it but that plan is affected by the fact that you if you plan to try and do that and see all of the pets it's never going to happen you have to scale back to a degree and have a plan for how that person is going to be supported and what the step-by-step is to get them integrated into the team. Because I will tell you, if you step back and you put that plan into place and on the short term, you make sacrifices, it goes back exactly to what you were saying, Andy, about if you burn everybody out, then you see a fraction of the pets that you could have seen with the team you had in the beginning. There are unintended consequences when you're talking about training the team. If we go, you know, just piecemeal and try and figure it out and keep people from drowning and we churn three out of the four that we hire, that has such a significantly higher impact in the long run than it does to say, hey, we're gonna not see patients for the last two hours of the day, two days a week. And we're gonna work on this whole list of skills and we're gonna bang these out and we're gonna do it over the next month. And then we're, you know, four weeks later, we're gonna have a much more, Highly trained person than we did four weeks ago.
0: Right, you know that that sort of brings me to the last point that that I would kind of make on this and, and trying to sort of navigate these waters. Um, are you trapped inside the box in your decision making, or are you able to get outside of it and really look around? Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you an example of trapped inside the box. Um, I had this case come in, and it was this dog. And it had a uh, a mass on its back leg, and I aspirated, and it just didn't exfoliate at all. Like, I just didn't get, I didn't get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, you know, I said that to the owner, and I talked to him about what, what it meant and what, the, what, it, what it could conceivably be, and and the owner said, well, let's let's take chest x-rays. So they agreed to that. Well, it's 5.45, and we close at 6. And I walked back in the back, and the x-ray machine's already been shut down. And I said, well, the x-ray machine's shut down. I said, huh, well how long would it take to get the x-ray machine turned on if we wanted to do this? And then I said to my technician, could you stay a little bit late and help me do this? And she said, no, but Nikki can. And Nikki was like, I could, but I have to call my husband and he would have to stop at the grocery store on the way home to get dinner. And it, like, and it just kept going. Sure. You know, of of yeah. like all the things that would have to happen to do this. And it's so easy to be in this get the next thing done, get the next thing done, get the next thing done mindset that you're like, do it! Let's go and move this and reschedule that and do this and let's get this thing turned on. At some point you go, this is insane. (laughs) This is insane. And so I went back to the person and said, listen, the x-ray machine is shut down. I'm not going to have the staff to do this tonight. Let's pick a time in the next couple of days that's convenient for you and come in and we're going to get these things done. Mm -hmm. And they said fine. And I sent them away and we all went home on time and Nikki did not have to call her husband and ask him to go to the grocery store. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like just didn't do that stuff. Yep. And that may sound like a stupid story, but I cannot tell you how often how easy it is to just be like myopic and say we have got to do these X rays. And the idea of not doing them right now tonight just doesn't seem doesn't seem legal.
1: Right. You know. Right. It's like
0: we we, we can't just not do it. And then somebody would even hear the story I said and says, Oh, but Andy, you made those people wait to find out. I was like, Yes, I did. That's, that's boundaries. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that's the unfortunate part of boundaries is sometimes people have to wait because I'm not keeping my staff here. We're going home. Right. And, you know, and again, it's it's sort of one of those funny perspective things too, where it's easy to empathize with the pet owner and say, well, that you should, you know, you should have stayed and done that. This was important to them. They had, they worried about their pet. And I go, well, that's true. That's pretty much exactly like everyone who comes into the emergency clinic, you know, who is every one of them is having the worst day of their year. Possibly the worst day of, you know, of their adult life. And for them, this is a horrible, terrible emergency once in a lifetime thing. Mm -hmm. But for the emergency vet, it's all night, every night. It's Mm -hmm. another appointment. And we're the emergency vet. Right. Which means if we are dictated by the experience of the client, we will never sleep and we will never go home. Yeah. And we will burn out. Yeah. And so part of boundaries is saying, I know. I'm making this choice for me, and I'm making this choice for my team. Yeah, and so that is outside the box thinking and saying, "Come back, come back in the next couple of days, and we'll get these X-rays done." Yeah, and here's the other thing too: if it makes you feel better, you better believe if you went to your primary care doctor and they <laughs> said, "You know what? Maybe we should get some chest X-rays." They're not going to stay like right. ain't nobody <laughs> taking you directly into the back. You know what I mean? And nurse Carol's not calling her husband to send him to the grocery store so they can take x-rays, right? Like it's not going to happen. Yeah. They're going to set you up in three weeks from now. Right. You'll get some x-rays, you know? Um, and they're okay with it. And so we have got to get more in that headspace. Yeah. Uh, know, I'm not, I'm not advocating for us to follow human healthcare. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time I go, they do some stuff with boundaries. Right. That we don't do. Look yeah. at your dentist who's not open on Wednesdays. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Yeah. That we need to look at that. And again, like that blows people's mind. We have practices in uncharted who absolutely have done that. Mm-hmm. Their team is working themselves to death and they are burning people out and they were like, "Hey, it's COVID, things are crazy. We're closing on Wednesdays." Yeah. And they put up a sign that said, um Uh, Oh, you know, for, for staff training and, and, and wellness and safety and decontamination, we are closed on Wednesdays Yeah, and they just did it. And people are like, that's not legal. It's like, I promise you it is.
1: (laughs) It's so funny, but it's so, it's so true. And I think you're right. I think we have to find the sweet spot, but you know, not, not that we're trying to, um, model what human healthcare is doing. But there are great lessons that we could learn from the human healthcare side. And I, I think this is a time to kind of look at some of that, particularly when it comes to boundaries. And I think for me, the last piece of this, um and this is long this is a long term planning part, um, which is why I didn't start with it. But one of the things that you have to do as a manager, you have to look at your team. And if you employ twenty people and each one of them earns 2 weeks off a year, you need to have someone on your team whose total hours for the year are planned to cover all 20 of those 2 weeks vacations. Because if your answer is every time someone wants to take a day off, you're just going to work short, you are shooting yourself in the foot before yeah. the before the race starts. Like you're you're taking the starting gun and pointing at your foot and then running the marathon. You and yeah. we and it's amazing how many clinics don't look at that. And and look at that as I will I will solve that bridge when I I will figure out how to cross that bridge when I get to it, and that is a long term planning play that that will only help all of us in this is to look at it because um, that is a fact of running the business and that's something that we we struggle with in veterinary medicine and it's where we could absolutely again take a take a page from the human healthcare side of things which is that they're not working short they have hired teams to. To cover that because it's a fundamental business uh, need that we kind of skip over and gloss over in veterinary medicine.
0: No, I agree. All right. So to summarize what we talked about today, uh, hiring difficulties are not going away. Yep. Uh, You know, if you're running your business on the hope and prayer that you will get uh, trained technicians or doctors in that is a risky gamble, and the odds are stacked against you. Uh, right. You know, they, they, they just, they just are. It doesn't mean yeah. it won't happen, but it does mean the odds are stacked against you. Everyone needs to be considering. Yeah. How do I make this all work if I don't get more help? Yep. Absolutely. And that's that is flipping the problem on its head and saying not where do I get more help is saying I don't know. If I'm gonna to get more help. What changes do I make? What boundaries do I put in place? What adjustments do I make, including pricing adjustments yeah. that make my business work in the reality that we're living in uh, for the long term, not just for this mm-hmm. week?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. That's all I got. Any last words, parting thoughts, Stephanie?
1: No, hopefully we didn't depress everybody too much. But I, you know, I think sometimes it's painful, but sometimes we have to rip off the bandaid and talk about mm-hmm. it. You know, like this is not going away. This is not going to change and before we know it the summer crazies will be here and then we'll be overwhelmed on top of the normal the new normal overwhelmed and so I think it's the kind thing for us to yep. start to talk about this as a field.
0: Yeah. I I agree. I that's how I say. I don't see it as, as depressing. It is a hard pill to swallow, but ultimately acceptance brings freedom. Yep. And to just accept like this is what it is. If I just swallow that and make changes then then that's empowerment Mm -hmm, empowerment is saying okay what am i going to do to make this all work for me and for my family and for my staff and for my associates like what what am i going to do and know that that's okay those things are are inbound you can just say like the dentists do we are not taking new clients right now Mm -hmm. like Yes. That's not uncommon in human healthcare. They right. say all the time try right. to get a primary care doctor. Like yes. you'll see it all the time. <laughs> I'm serious. Yes. Like I try to get a primary care doctor. Like yes. 80% of people. And finally I got referred. And, and like then I, even then I had to have somebody be like, hey, this Andy Rourke guy's okay. You should take him as a client. <laughs> like, hey, I got a freaking primary care doctor. Yes. It's ridiculous. But but it's 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 not a uh it's a precedent that's, that's out there. So yes. it's okay if you say we are not taking new clients. All that and can when we put you on our waiting list and we'll let you know when we have availability. Like, what a sexy move is that, you know, for like, they're like, oh my God, yeah. Like, if it can get me in at some point, let me, give me a call. You know, like it, it's, you can do that. Yeah. And you can say we're not working on Wednesdays and, you know, and that's just, that's just it. We're going to work four and a half days a week instead of five and a half days a week and we're going to make the numbers work. Yeah. And our people are everybody gets Wednesday and Sunday off, you know, yeah. and, and and Saturday afternoon. I, mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. But like those things are all inbound. So don't go away from this feeling down like uh, Andy and Stephanie said. It's hopeless. We did not say it was hopeless. <laughs> we're saying we're we are giving you a problem that you have great power over. Yes. And, and it's purely up to you just to figure out how, how you want to address it. So you, it's giving you the power back. Yep. Hoping that uh, someone shows up and takes your job, that's, not a power, that's nothing you control. Figuring out how you're going to work your schedule and how you're going to do your pricing and how you're going to do your training, those are all 100% uh, knobs that you get to turn. And so you should feel good about that. Yep. Cool. Awesome, Steph. Thanks again for, uh, for being here.
1: Have a fantastic week, you guys. Take care.
0: See you everybody. Bye-bye and that is our episode guys I hope you enjoyed it I hope you got something out of it as always if you did please share it with a friend and or write us an honest review on iTunes it's how people find us I would love to see your face at the April Uncharted conference uh, we're going to go to the map for that one we, all of our events are, uh, are we go to the map for all of our events but this is the original the big daddy the granddaddy of them all the April conference and it's going to be online this year uh, and so we are going to really make it awesome online. I would love to see you there. I hope you can make it. Guys, until next week, take care. Be well. Bye-bye.